0: So, get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the Book of Books, Sophie Dollar.
1: Good evening, everyone. This is Sophie Dollar, and my daughter Stacy is here by my side, and John is here in the studio as well, <laughs> giving himself a hand. <laughs> Yeah. So we are glad to be with you for the Bible Live broadcast this Sunday evening. Uh, just in case you're with us for the first time, and there always are new visitors to the program, and those who don't know, what is this all about? The Bible Live. What is that? Uh, it's not the Bible Alive. It's the Bible Live, like Saturday Night Live. My my wife, Suzanne, came up with that name, <laughs> that title. But uh, this is the program That features the reading of the Bible. This is our 21st year. We've just begun our 21st time through the entire Bible, starting with the book of Genesis, ending with the book of Revelation. Uh, A year from now, we'll have made it all the way through again, our 21st time. Uh, We don't go straight through, we go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, then we read the book of Matthew. Numbers and Deuteronomy, then we read the book of Mark, uh, Joshua, uh, Judges, and Ruth, then we go to Luke. So as you can see, we alternate back and forth between the Old and New Testaments, moving straight through both of them. And so we make our way through the Old and New Testaments every year in that fashion. Uh, We read the Psalms and the Proverbs separately in what we call a wisdom and worship segment of each of of our Bible reading programs. So uh, if you're with us, we make our way through the Bible every year. But those reading programs, uh, for 15 years, those programs were all on the radio here. But we have moved the actual Bible readings. There are 15 to 20-minute Bible readings if you listen uh, each and every Program we make your way through the entire Bible every year in in two hundred and sixty readings fifty two times five. Uh, it's all based on a radio format five Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and Friday five days a week. <clears throat> so we read through the Bible uh, every year in that way. You can go to our website thebiblelive.com dot com or biblelive dot com either one and there you can he, hear all of the bible readings uh, according to our schedule uh, we as i said 2 weeks ago we began at the first monday in um, i guess it was maybe the second monday this year second monday of november we started our, our time through uh, the bible again in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning god Created the heavens and the earth. So we started two weeks ago our way through. You can find those readings uh, there at the website. Just go to uh, BibleLive dot com and click on the podcast, and you can go back and hear any of the readings over the last year. In fact, any portion of Scripture, they're all listed there, clearly identified. <clears throat> if you read, want to read the Gospel of John, you can find those and read those as in here, listen to those as well. But we make our way through the Bible in that fashion every year. Then here on Sunday night, uh, Stacy and I get a chance to review the readings from this past week. And this past week, what have we read this week, Stacy? Uh,
2: we have read Genesis twenty-one through thirty-six. Okay. So that yeah, that takes us from, Ibra- uh, from Abraham and Sarah right before he's. Uh, He's tested with Isaac. So Abraham and Sarah have had Isaac, and uh, but this is before Mount Moriah when he's called to sacrifice Isaac. And, ooh, and, then there, and there's that story. And then, uh, <laughs> there's that. Yes, uh,
1: we'll, we'll talk about that in general. Now, we're going to... We, we've read already the creation of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. We've read the creation event. We've read how... Um, Cain killed Abel. They get another son named Seth. We saw how the knowledge of God spread throughout the um, family as they expanded, as they grew, as they were fruitful and multiplied, as God told Adam and Eve to do. Uh, the human race grew and expanded and more and more uh, to tens and scores of people, then hundreds of people, then thousands of people. Uh, over the over the hundreds of years, and the human race expanded very quickly, and they it broke into two camps, two um, groups of people. One w- was the group that honored God, loved God, and we're talking about the true and living God, the the Creator God that they knew about. The news was passed from one generation to the next. The stories were told and uh, there were those who sought after god worshiped god desired god and those that did not and those that did not of course there's there's only one way, way to worship the true and living god there's one kind of at least one basic path you do sincerely seek god and want to obey him now it gets a little messier we're going to see tonight in our yeah. readings but there's there's you know one way to look after the true and living God, to and seek after Him and search for Him, and, but there are a thousand ways to seek a false God. I mean, that you can make up your own God, you can take someone else's false God. You can, there, there are lots of ways to be wrong, uh, but one way to be right in, in that sense. So we see that That's happening. Happened. The whole. I'm sorry.
2: Well, it's a kind of an interesting <laughs> thing, though. And, uh, I don't know why this struck me. But prior to the fall, there was lots of ways to obey God. And there is only one way to disobey, you <laughs> know, in, in, in a sense. There was one tree that he there was is Isn't that one, interesting? Yeah. yeah. It kind of flip. You could
1: do anything. You could as long mm-hmm. as you it, it, it's sort of like with the gospel nowadays, uh, you know, thou should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and strength and, and love your neighbor as yourself. They asked Jesus one time, "What's the what's the one what's yeah. the greatest law? What's right. of all?" Mm-hmm. And he, that was his answer. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's an answer from the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, it comes from the scriptures. But the idea is that now, then, in some ways, they say uh, it's very easy just love, love day. God, love mm-hmm. others, and then do whatever you want. <laughs> right. Is in some ways. Right. Uh, and, I get what you're saying, right. though it just—it's uh, right. turned around and now. And wrapped
2: up in in love <clears> is that, uh, is that relationship that is a submissive and a—it's a truly. I mean, it's 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 a marriage in many ways. It's that you think of, you know, the, the submission, but but they are so entwined. They want to serve each commitment. other. They yeah. want to mm-hmm. obey and to be aligned with one another. Because, and yet they're still distinctly um, separate and different. And that's
1: what we see here, I I think, is that uh, now that we've turned, so the human race broke up into these two camps. Then the the group that was seeking after God became smaller and smaller and smaller and more and more reduced. And those who were out just making up gods and chasing false gods and... Uh, That became greater and greater. And so finally the whole human race, except for eight people, Noah and his wife, his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. So that's eight people. And so judgment fell on the whole earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we read about that here in in the book of Genesis as well, uh, leading up to chapter 7. Then we have um, this this flood mm-hmm. chapter seven the flood that covers the earth and judgment falls on planet earth and the whole human race is wiped out except for those eight people mm-hmm. uh so judgment falls then then i then noah is given his instructions be fruitful multiply spread out all over the earth uh but he doesn't do it either the, nor do their their offspring you know the his three sons they begin shimhem and Japheth. all the they begin to have children and children and children's children and children's children's children and great grandparents and and pretty soon again the human race is quite large but they refuse to spread out intentionally uh, intentionally refusing to divide and separate into you know competing people groups or you know that sort of thing they stay together they speak one language and they once again, they begin to march in lockstep toward rebellion against God in unbelief. And so instead of destroying them again, which God had promised not to do through again through flood, uh, th- their language was confused at the Tower of Babel, which is chapter 11. Yeah, chapter 11. Uh, in chapter 11, the Tower of Babel in the human race is forced to diversify because of the confusion of the languages so god accomplishes his command his uh will about mankind he, his desire would there was that there would be competing people groups why would that be <laughs> stacy <laughs> why would god want checks there to be, and,
2: be checks and balances <laughs>
1: checks and balances on the sin nature yeah. the sin nature is now at work in the human race there is this impulse this instinct to disobey God to to uh to sin. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? Irrevocable irresistible tendency to selfishness and sin. And so I- I- as long as they were all together they would walk again in lockstep to condemnation as a race. But then now that they're competing groups, one group would rise up against another, against another and and like i've always said if a stalin appears a dictator over here then another dictator uh hitler (laughs) appears over here and they kind of cancel each other out so that way at least the human race continues to spread Uh, and so god accomplishes diversity which is a mitigating factor in in other words it becomes it diminishes to some extent the overall impact on the human race of the sin nature Mm -hmm. um Now, we're not told that overtly. It never explains it in those terms, but that is the net result that we see that comes out of the Tower of Babel and the confusing of the languages. Mm -hmm. So then right after that, we see in chapter 12, uh, we see the family of this man named Terah. Uh, We learn about this man named Abram, one of his sons and we begin the story of God choosing not dealing with the whole human race as he has in the first 11 chapters, but now he begins to home in and focus on his dealings with one person, Abram and his wife, Sarai, and in their children, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then the 12 sons of Jacob. We're going to watch now as God begins to deal with one people group it's not any it's not that he doesn't deal with other peoples and other uh nations in the midst of this but the focus of scripture now is on abraham and isaac and jacob
2: and not that it ultimately isn't going to exactly affect all of those nation groups Mm -hmm. but it it had to be you know he had to in order to buy the time (laughs) (laughs) and to to create to have the plan to to see it Full and fruit come to fruition um, they had to be separated out right but through one he was and
1: we do know what the plan is right call. the plan yes. the pl- I- I'm going to let that, you explain that since you brought up that topic what is this plan that we begin now to see God right. more clearly because it, it's more specifically now he has picked a person Abraham yeah and his wife, Sarah, and then Isaac, and then Jacob. And so we're now dealing with some specific individuals and their families. But what what is this plan that God has already enunciated? Yeah. He's already p- announced it already in Genesis chapter seed. 3. <laughs> what is
2: it? Sure, the seed uh, that somebody would come and, and would crush uh, Satan, would, uh, would defeat um, and would, well, Ultimately, uh, atone for the sins uh, and save uh, mm-hmm. the human race. Save. He would
1: crush the head of the snake, mm-hmm. Satan mm-hmm. and destroy the the work that Satan came about to, as he messed up God's plan for Adam and Eve and the human race. So this Messiah, the seed of the woman, yeah. we're told. Mm. In other words, it's not going to be an animal. It's not going to be an alien. It's not going to be a, a, you know a, a, an angel. Okay. Um, it's going to be a human being, and it's going to be a male of the species, mm-hmm. uh, a seed of the woman. A, a, a man is going to be born somewhere through mankind that is going to accomplish a redemptive work. He is going to make right and restore the plan of God to draw out of the human race a people for himself. Mm-hmm. So this is the Messiah, that we talk about so often in Scripture, the Messiah, the Messiah, the Messiah. There are many messiahs. There are, with a little M, there are many saviors. There are many heroes of the faith. There are many, uh, Abraham himself becomes, in a sense, a messiah. Uh, others take on that role. But there, with capital M, this messiah, this savior, this warrior, this hero is going to come and he's going to purchase the redemption and restore the plan of God for drawing out a people for himself from the whole human race. And so that has to happen. And so now we've begun the process. Uh, Abraham, then his wife Sarah, then Isaac. And the the point is is that God is going to raise up uh, a people group through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Now, he's the father of many nations. Remember, Abraham's name is changed from Abram to Abraham. He's not just going to be exalted father. He's going to be the father of many nations. And we'll begin to see that now. This week, as we cover chapters 21 through 36, we'll see that Abraham's offspring, uh, they're going to give rise to other nations, the Ammonites, uh, the Moabites, the... Uh, the Edomites. The Edomites. And already we've seen the Hittites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Esau becomes the father of the Edomites. We've already met the other Canaanite nations mm-hmm. through Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Remember that they have uh, the, the children of, of uh Noah, Noah. <laughs> we've already seen that they uh, they've already begun to have other people groups yeah. following them, and we'll see the Philistines, we'll see mm-hmm. the Hittites, um, all these ites, it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ites. So uh, that that's the point. The human race is expanding. Now God is focusing in from chapter twelve on. We see God focusing now, not or, or at least the text of the scripture. Right. I don't mean God is focusing. God is still reaching all these people groups but scriptures kind of home in now on this particular people group the Mm -hmm. scriptural after chapter 11 so now that's what we're going to cover um uh tonight we're going to move from abraham we've learned about him um he's going to have a son he's told at age 75 he's going to have a son Uh, but it doesn't happen for 25 years he waits he and his wife for son they tried they help God along by having a child named Ishmael through his uh, through his Egyptian handmaidens Hagar uh, they have a child named Ishmael, but it, it doesn 't help God out at all. It really makes things more complicated because Ishmael becomes uh, the father of Arab nations which are historically through the centuries enemies, uh, enemies of the offspring uh, of Isaac. Mm-hmm and and the Jewish nation. So uh a lot of things happen we keep, it, it gets right off the bat. It gets extremely <laughs> messy. That's yeah. that's what I wanted to emphasize tonight is that as we move into these chapters 21 through 36 as we move into the stories of Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob it's going to we're going to move into some chapters that if you pay attention to every word and every verse that you read Every story along the way, yeah. you're going to see that the the scriptures, the Bible narrative that we're following, gets quite quite messy. Yeah.
2: it just shows it is not us that it is no no thanks to us that we have been saved. <laughs> it is all God's work. It, he is so gracious and so kind. He he uses. He used broken people and uh, and, and Yes, and from without the beginning, a doubt. And and I think, you know, even with the covenant with Abraham, I mean, Abraham knew he wouldn't be able to live up to this promise true even when god chose him i mean he uh, he i think was probably overwhelmed and grateful and you know yes what is that, he, chapter
1: 15 where they have that covenant relate the covenant is between abraham and god
2: uh-huh, the blood path mm-hmm. the
1: blood path and uh so and,
2: and god from mm-hmm. from then said don't you know don't don't worry i will even if you don't live up i will live up to your to to your end. I will pay the penalty when you fail. And boy, Mm -hmm. I will make,
1: I will make this happen. I'm going, mm -hmm. this covenant, this redemptive plan of God Mm -hmm. is going to be carried out in human history. uh, uh, But God says in chapter 15, it's a very pivotal chapter in the book of Genesis and in the, the uh, biblical narrative here uh, that God makes this covenant with Abraham and that God himself Uh, Stacy was talking about he cuts these animals in half and they're put them and they walk. The covenant is the treaty. The treaty or covenant is that they walk in between them. And then if one of you keeps fails to keep the covenant, that same thing is going to happen to you. You're going to be torn apart and divided. And uh, Abraham knows he can't do it. He can't keep that. But then when he begins to walk through the halves of the covenant, God says, Stays. don't do it i I will go through this yeah. and so um so
2: even if you mm-hmm. fail in keeping it you can do to me what should have been done to you you can destroy me mm-hmm. and uh it's it's so it was really a, a win-win I mean Abraham was just at it's just God's mercy and uh and then you can't help but think that that does in other words God had already shown Abraham his dedication and his his loyalty, his dedication, his, his desire, desire to know to, and follow uh-huh, God. Uh-huh. Uh, well, no, God, yeah, Abraham had seen God's desire uh-huh. to to bless him mm-hmm. and to use him despite himself. And so that does give a little bit of helpful context into um, Isaac. You know, now then cut right. to when Sarah. Now he
1: passes that on to Isaac, uh, Isaac to mm-hmm. Jacob, his son.
2: Well, even to the, you know, how could, you know, when, when Abraham is asked to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. And you can't help but think Abraham is completely you know, it's a little Befuddled. Camp, but yes, <laughs> dumbfounded. Be right. yeah. Dumbfounded. But, you know, he probably can't help but What? Think, okay, you, right.
1: you promised me this son and mm-hmm. that he was going to be the son of this wonderful promise. And now you're telling me to go sacrifice yeah. him.
2: But he thinks back to yeah. what God did already do for him in that covenant. And that he can't help but Informed
1: think, him. Uh-huh. After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. <gasps> uh-huh. It wasn't him. He saw them go. God... The Lord made a covenant with him. I have given this land to you and your descendants all the way. Uh, and so over the mm-hmm. Canizites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, Gergashites, right. and Jebusites. It's all of these ites, you know. <laughs> but God is going to begin now to work out this redemptive plan. Through this people. But does that make it all clear and simple? No. It's going to get more and right. more complicated. But it
2: does give the foundation of, of love. Everything that Abraham, that it's not as though this covenant was made from a place of, I'm going to destroy you if you don't. I'm going to kill you if you don't. Abraham always, this foundation was based on absolute grace. I mean, a loving God that God is going gracious. to accomplish this. Yes, mm-hmm. and that it's graciousness. And so, when Abraham is asked about Isaac, um, you know, to do this for Isaac, Isaac, Abraham, he he loved this. He loves his God. He loves him. This God is willing to die for him, and he has promised that. Mm-hmm. And so, from the beginning, this, even though it's messy and it's complicated, and uh, and you see a lot of of being messed up can't help but remember Abraham, from the beginning of his relationship and his promise with God, it was always started with a loving relationship. Abraham, I think, really believed, my God loves me.
1: And And, and I think we do have to point out here from the very beginning. Now, we're going to start moving uh, through chapter 21 through 36, uh, 32, I'm sorry. And we're going to start moving through those uh, 36, those chapters tonight discussing the stories and the way it, the narrative moves forward. But we, one thing we too have to remember as well, even as God is now working with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and working out this covenant relationship and his redemptive plan, we never want to forget that he loves all of humanity, Absolutely. all of these nations, all of these people groups. Right. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about Abimelech. We're going to talk about other the, Abraham and Isaac. They're not the only ones that know about God. The The, the the thought of God and the teaching about the Creator God that it's also made its way through the generations. Other people groups know something too about God, and they have general revelation. They know about a Creator. They know about the world around them. So God, there are people, other believers, even all around them. We're going We ran into one Melchizedek uh, earlier that, that Abraham met when he was rescuing uh, Lot, his nephew from people who came and and pillaged and and kidnapped him. And he met Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a priest of the one true God, the creator of God, the almighty God. And so we don't want to forget, even as we focus on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the people of Israel, this people group, they're not a nation yet, really, just a family and a clan. Even as we focus on them, we must remember that God still, though, is dealing and revealing himself to other peoples as well all along the way. and calling people there to follow him as well wow we got through our first segment we've introduced the passages we're going to cover and begin covering now chapters 21 through 36 in the book of genesis you can go to the website the BibleLive.com. you can hear all of those passages of scripture uh and then if you don't want to if you want to start right now just go this week Starting tomorrow, Monday, we'll start at chapter 36 there. Move forward so you can go and let's read through the Bible together. And we'll meet here on Sunday nights and talk about what we've heard from the Bible, God's word. So don't go away. The Bible Live will return in just a few minutes.
0: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: And the
0: earth It was formless and void And darkness covered it But the waters of the deep God's spirit began to move And then God said Let there be light
1: And there was light
0: You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. All
1: right, we are back. We've already uh, covered, of course, those particular passages of the book of Genesis. That's what uh, Genesis is known for. The word Genesis means beginning, and it is the beginning of uh, the creation of the world, the creation of the human race, not every tiny detail, not scientific in detail, and so on. But uh, we're told we have a uh, we have here in the book of Genesis uh, a narrative that talks about the beginning of the human race. And uh, chapters one through 11 is focused. Primarily on the whole race of humanity, Uh, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Seth. And then you move from them through many generations. You come to Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, his sons. And then you move from Noah uh, uh, after chapter seven, uh, after the flood. You move to the Tower of Babel, and then we come to chapter twelve, and the the focus narrows. Now we have we have already the. The essential plan, the broad, broad outline, is that God is going to send into the human race uh, a a redeemer, a savior, a Messiah, one who would be who would purchase the uh, forgiveness and uh, pay the penalty of sin on mankind's behalf. One who would be sinless. We learn about this Messiah throughout the Old Testament. He would be sinless. He would be perfect. He would be a righteous branch. Or many image, many titles, uh, many many different examples of this uh, righteous king. This one who would come, and that he would be uh, uh, a king. Yes, the king of God's people, uh, the firstborn of the twice born, the firstborn of a new spiritual race of humanity, uh, and he is. Uh, we as we hear in the book of Revelation that we just finished uh, two weeks ago, He is. Uh, we know him that as Jesus of Nazareth, uh, and that w- we know that He then uh, is the firstborn of a new race of humanity, and that He will um, He will eventually be the King of all of the people of God. Uh, the, the Redeemer in the firstborn. So just as Adam and Eve started the human race, physically uh, the Messiah was to come and purchase the redemption of humanity. Now, He is the Lamb slain. That's what I wanted to mention from the book of Revelation, the Lamb slain from before the foundations of the world. Uh, this isn't God up there improvising and figuring out, oh, no, what do I do? They did this. Oh, i got to do this now. No, this is the redemptive plan of God from the beginning, that it irons out through the people of God, through the human race. And so we
0: are listening to. We (laughs) are listening to our
1: music again. (laughs) There we go. Uh, But from a the good, book of Genesis. Good so, reminder.
2: So, yeah. Good At reminder. That's where we are Genesis. in
1: the book of Genesis. Now, yeah. now we move from chapter uh 11 now we're going to move on into to chapter 12. We talked about Abraham. Uh we've talked about Sarah. We've talked about the the going down into Egypt, calling Sarah his sister. We talked about all that. Now we pick up in chapter 21. Now Abram, Abraham and Sarah have uh, had a son in chapter twenty one finally uh, he told he's told Abraham and Sarah they're going to have a son with Sarah not not through Ishmael, not Ishmael through Hagar the Egyptian um, handmaiden of Sarah, but through Sarah and they were trying to help God out a little bit and give him a shortcut and of course uh, it only and that's one thing we're going to notice all along when we try to help God out and kind of figure it, it usually does not work out well. Yeah. If we trust and obey him and just trust him and obey he knows what he's doing and it it works out well. God is carrying out his plan. And we're going to see a little bit of that tonight as well because God now is going to call upon Abraham to do something that is to- totally absolutely contradictory it's it's counterintuitive. Here he's told me I'm going to give you this son of promise through your wife Sarah. So Isaac is born. You know, so they they finally yes, mm-hmm. and they push Ishmael out of the family. He and his wife, his mother Hagar, they they go off. They become he keeps the promise in that Ishmael too becomes father of nations, establishing many nations. But he's p- pushed out of the family so there would not be this, contrad- this conflict between him and his brother. Um, b- but then, as we turned around in chapter 21, after Hagar and, and uh, Ishmael are sent away, God tells Abraham to go, uh, in, in chapter 22, I'm sorry. He tells Abraham to go and sacrifice his son Isaac.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, really? What? Yeah. What do you think? Did Abraham go? Well, well I think God. Wh- what are you doing here? Right. You told me I was going to have this wonderful son of promise, and he's a great kid. I love him, and we're. Yeah. And now you tell me to go and sacrifice him? Mm-hmm. I don't get it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I think that's wh- one of the reasons, though, why it was so important. That the uh, relationship, though, is established already as one of a loving God. You know, Abraham did already see, okay, God did walk through that path for me. I know he loves me. I know that he has kept his promise. I know that he, so uh, it, he's not a... I say, know he
1: has a plan. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Right. He's going to do this. And the
2: basis of their relationship, though, is one of trust and of love and of choice. Abraham has a, he has a choice. I mean, he could obey or disobey and he chooses, okay, I'm, I'm going to trust. I'm, I'm choosing to, to, to do this, to go and to, and to, to, to obey you. At least I'm going to and. uh
1: but Stacey, uh, um, in chapter 21, you have the birth of Isaac hagar and ishmael are sent away and then yeah we have this kind of almost an embarrassing little story about abraham's covenant with abimelech now the yeah. the word abimelech folks uh, there are several abimelechs we're going to meet along the way here abimelech itself is not a name but a title of of royalty it means a, a king a, a, and we'll see there are going to be several of them here abimelechs but he has his experience with this uh, as they go down into southern toward Egypt he has this experience with this king abimelech and he we we told this little story he he lies and tells that him that his wife sarah is his sister which is not exactly an entirely total lie because she is evidently his half sister they have the, they share the same father but a different mother Abraham and Sarah but be that as it may that's a story that's stuck in there and there's this covenant relationship that Abraham makes with this king Abimelech now how that relates to the bigger story I don't know except that that is a legal treaty a purchase of land there in the promised land in Canaan that Abraham makes and that is used as a justification for the people of Israel have a claim on that land which which later on centuries later becomes kind of an issue as well and even today israel you know the people of israel is thought of they have this claim on this land and and actually even in the nineteenth in the twentieth century in the nineteen hundreds when they were debating this about Israel and Canaan and the land of Israel, that was brought up that we do have a claim to that land. <laughs> Centuries ago, right <laughs> Abraham made this purchase of this land. So it, it there it is. I just put it out there in chapter 21. But in chapter 22 now, uh, Abraham's faith is going to be tested. Uh, he is told to take his son Isaac and sacrifice him. He is sent to Mount Moriah, which actually becomes... The The mountain uh, that the temple is built on centuries later, mm-hmm. uh, the temple is built on ma- on that Mount Moriah. And here we have um, the story.
2: Which is amazing because Isaac is spared. And here we have the first sacrifice of the ram. And yeah. God, and so, and then. You
1: know, so uh, God tells him to go and take this son of yours. Now, Abraham has got to be over 100 years old now. And his son, Isaac, is probably 15, 16, teenager, strong, could easily outrun and grant his <laughs> father. He could overpower him. He, I mean, he didn't. But Isaac goes along with this. Yeah, yeah. Isaac lays right. down on the wood and yeah. lays it down on the altar and is ready to do this thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It, well, what way, do you make of it? Sure. Let's ask our listeners as okay. well. You can give us a call, 210-340-9585. 210 210- Three four zero nine five eighty five. Perhaps you have a thought about this. Uh, how does this figure into this narrative? We're going to over and over. We're going to find messy, complicated, little details along the way. Here, uh, we're going to see the failures of human beings. We're going to see lies. We're going to see deception. We're going to see. Uh, All kinds of things. A lot of dysfunction
2: within
1: A lot of dysfunction. Uh And then we have to remember what you said. God all along has said it's not going to be something you're going to. I'm going to see. I'm (laughs) going to make this happen. I'm going to carry out this redemptive plan. Even working in and through and with and around imperfect, sinful, frail
0: human beings that fail. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: Uh, It it is. But for a lot of people, this becomes they think, well, the the Bible, this is the Bible. This is God's people Um, that there is a lesson in there. But if you don't if you don't hear it and someone doesn't tell you, you're going to be quite confused. So in chapter 22, we see he's called upon to go and sacrifice uh, his son, Isaac, and and he does it. Abraham says, "Okay." he takes his son. His son goes along with it. He says, where's the lamb? He said, well, God will provide. They get up there and Abraham is just about to plunge this knife into his son Isaac's uh, chest, I suppose, to kill him and sacrifice him. And God, the angel of the Lord, says, don't do that Uh, because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your son, your only son. I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, and so. On. So he's a reaffirmation, a restating mm-hmm. of that curriculum, uh, of that curriculum, <laughs> of that covenant that God has established. With. Curriculum might be a good word there. Too. This is all a teaching process, <laughs> uh, and so Abraham's son is spared, and a ram, ram's horns get caught. In the thicket, in these bushes, mm-hmm. and God does provide the ram for the sacrifice. So that's that's where we go. And so that's chapter twenty-two. Now we're going to move on. Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife, dies. Uh, he he buys and purchases land to uh, bury her. And this is the land purchased that, again that I mentioned. Uh, that years and centuries later becomes a legal document and a legal claim they have to this land mm-hmm. that was purchased. Um, a thousand pieces of silver is it? I've forgotten how much it was here, but uh mm-hmm. he pays a, you know the asking price. So
2: Isaac four hundred pieces yeah. of silver. Uh, and so then and then so then we have Isaac. So Sarah has just so so Isaac was their only child. Isaac was an only was an only
1: child. Yeah, there was an only son. And mm-hmm. I, Abraham, now a very old man, in chapter 24, we move on. Uh, God had blessed him in every way, He'd become wealthy, becomes uh, strong. He had many servants. He has, yeah. you know, he's become a very powerful individual. But um, he has no heir, yeah. y- yet his, his his son is not married. Mm-hmm. So his tells his servant, Eliezer, now if, if. If Abraham were to die, Eliezer would have become his heir, if I understand correctly. Okay. Uh, but he tells his servant, I want you to go back to my family, back to Padana Ram, where his family, remember his father, Terah, his brother, Hamor, and others uh, were up there. He said, I want you to go back to my people there who know about the God, of, you know, the same God, our people, I want you to go back to them. and I want you to find a wife for my son. Mm-hmm. Now, so this servant uh, is faithful and goes to his master and he goes back uh, up north. He carries uh, a lot of gifts and wealth and he goes up there to find a wife for Isaac. Now, in this particular task, Eliezer then becomes a pitcher for us.
2: Eliezer is the servant.
1: Of the servant of God, to going to find a a bride for the son. He becomes a picture for us of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going. He is the one who calls us, calls out to human beings uh, all over planet Earth. Today, the God, the Spirit is revealing God to millions and millions of young boys and girls and men and women all over planet Earth. And he's calling them to come to know God, to come to the God, yeah. the true and living God, the creator. And, and the Holy Spirit is the yeah. agent of the new birth. Yeah. He's the one who calls people. And then he is the one who affects the, the spiritual rebirth of human beings yeah. to be able to respond to God.
2: And in particular, I mean, it is a beautiful, it, it couldn't be a sweeter just image. Maybe as a woman, I it resonates especially with me, but really for any anyway, man. I mean, to, especially, in, I mean, Rebecca's story. She's just going about her day. She's just getting water. Elias Yeah, sister. all the
1: women of the uh, of the Itch clan. They're going out to the well to get water for their families yeah. and all. She's just one of yeah. the girls.
2: And in many ways, Eliezer is her knight and sh- well. At least yeah. he, he's the bearer of the news that there is a knight in shining armor for you, Rebecca.
1: <laughs> he goes north, and when he gets close to this village or where they are. He says, God, I've been called to do this. He says, uh, oh, Lord, my God, please give me success today and show me uh, how to your unfailing love to my master, Abraham. Mm -hmm. I am standing here beside this spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink and I will also feed you water your camels, too. Let her be the one you have selected to be Isaac's wife. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how to put it, but that is about as simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems very superstitious. It seems you know, kinda of, okay, Lord, if I have a if I go up to Walmart and and there's a parking lot right <laughs> up front as a parking space then I'll know that this is what you want me to buy that new whatever. I mean, it sounds like one of those bargains, that, but he did it. You know, he tells, yeah. and he goes up and he asks the girl. Rebecca happens to be her name. Uh, would you give me a drink? She says, uh, "Sure, I'll, I'll give you a drink. Have a drink." And why? When she had given him a drink, she said, "I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have enough." And so, She's first, first, you know, first buck out of the shoot, you know. <laughs> she he 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 hits the uh uh he hits you know he wins yeah. and he finds Rebecca and then she becomes the one now they go through this bargaining process it's a full day they go through this you know Laban her brother is a little bit of a shyster laban he he's look he sees he sees money he sees this wealthy rich guy giving away jewelry to his sister and he one, and so he, he, Laban, and we'll see Laban uh, does that in the future as well. Not but after all is said and done, uh, they allow after, uh, a while, after that day, uh, Rebecca decides, yes, I will go with him. And she goes back to, uh, to Abraham and Isaac with Eliezer. And uh, she marries and becomes Isaac's mm-hmm. wife. And now she will become the birth, the mother of Jacob and Esau yeah. uh, when Abraham dies in chapter 25. Uh, and We're told about Ishmael's descendants, by the way, we backed up. And now we come to the births of Esau and Jacob, the two sons of, of, uh, of Isaac yeah. and Rebekah.
0: Yeah.
1: And the funny thing about it is Rebekah is given some information before the boys are born. These are going to be twins, Jacob and Esau, she is given some insight that evidently Isaac is not given. Rebecca is given some information about these two boys that is a little surprising. That uh, it's not going to be the oldest in their cultures. The oldest boy is the one that has the birthright. The, he's the the one the titular head of the family. And she is told before the birth even that the younger is going to the older one is going to serve the younger. And so remember, keep that in mind, because when we get now to telling the story of Jacob and Esau, you're going to see how that becomes true and how Rebecca's advanced knowledge plays into the whole situation. Um, uh, I don't think maybe we're not telling people the story for the first time, Stace. Maybe our (laughs) listeners know about Jacob and Esau and know all of maybe it's more of the well-known story but i think what we're going to be highlighting here is all the complexities all the messiness of the story it's it's not it's not what we would kind of the ideal beautiful little narrative story that we would expect where everybody does the right thing and everything just happens right and good guy always does well and no bad thing ever happens to the good people and no good thing happens to the bad people but no that's not right it's messy it's complicated it's the good hard. guys fail many times. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It feels, uh, it feels hard. It it feels as if it was uh, weighty. It feels as if um, there's a lot of expectation and a lot of. Just working through and trying and I
1: think people who read the Bible mm-hmm. sometimes get thrown off by that they don't understand they think, well I don't get this look at this this is terrible this guy's doing this and they do this and they kill this guy and yeah. and they do they deceive here and they do the uh, how, where is God in all of this and right. and keep reading so yeah <laughs> keep reading and what we need to make sure people understand is don't get lost in the from an earthly point of view about yeah. what's happening. Yeah, we we follow it. We understand it because we're human beings as well, and we know that we mess up. Our families mess up. People around us mess up. We live in a very very messy world. But the point is, is that God is still working out His plan, even in a messy world, and He is still able to cause good to come, and He's still accomplishing His plan of drawing out a people for Himself. I will be their God. They will be my people, so we'll pick up there when we come back after our break here. We're going to pick up with uh Isaac now with his wife Rebecca um Jacob they've had Jacob and Esau. Jacob gets the birthright the younger one does grow up in fact, we'll talk about how he gets that. He steals the blessing and the birthright by deception in both cases from his brother Esau and, now his and, brother Esau yeah. does not value right. the things of God he does not value that birthright mm-hmm. uh, as Jacob does but Jacob's faith is sh- is far from mature yeah. he he just begins his journey of faith uh, in these coming chapters 26 27 so we'll f- we'll start working now and start unwrapping the story of Jacob who becomes the father of the 12 tribes His name becomes changed to Israel and his 12 sons and they become the 12 tribes of Israel. We'll come back and look at that right after our break. Now, if you'd like to answer, ask a question or answer a question, uh, make a comment about any of this. Our phone number is 210-340-9585. And if you'd like to talk a little bit about this whole idea of the messiness uh, um, God's plan is clear, but the way it's carried out is in a a very net messy environment. Good people, bad people, sin, weak people. And uh, I, I, maybe if you have a comment, we'd like to hear from you. 210-340-9585. And we're going to ask a question or two when we come back, right? Yeah. We were going to do it this time, but we didn't get <laughs> well, the question. Well, you
2: did have out. a question about... Uh, God and what he might have been doing in asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. There,
1: yeah, Okay. You can give us an answer. 210-340-9585. Don't go away.
0: Like the frost on a Winter comes for us all Oh how nature acquaints us with the nature of patience Like a seed in the snow I've been buried to grow For your promise is glory.
2: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
0: The
1: name of the song is "Seasons." Aww. Maybe it's because we're in the Thanksgiving, Christmas season. <laughs> <I like laughs> I'm trying it. to read John's mind it's when he lost ca- at the beginning. So ah. I, we're getting, getting close to winter. Uh, that's yes. right. We are okay. As winter is winter coming along. <laughs> exactly right. Well, very good. I'm, I'm not questioning John's. Uh-uh, n- No, do that because he <laughs> he picks out great he music. Does. We are back. This is our final segment. This has flown by. We've gone. It's gone so fast, and we've got so much to cover in the narrative here. We're talking about Abraham and Sarah. They have a son named Isaac. We talked about the fact that uh, uh, we'll go through some of their adventures, of traveling and you know deceiving. Uh, Abimelech, and then them, them my wife is my sister, and so on. And then we go with Abraham. And then we come back, and Isaac, and then we, I, Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son yeah, uh, Isaac, um, and and then and then God, re, you know, releases him from that command, and. Uh, Isaac is the son of promise. Mm -hmm. And then we have Abraham and Isaac and we have Eliezer. We have a picture there of the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. The spirit is sent to find a bride for Isaac. It's a a beautiful little picture there. And he goes and he faithfully finds uh, 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 Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And she is willing to come and the, the, the Holy Spirit draws her to come and to be the uh, bride. And you had a thought there about how this is a picture of perhaps.
2: Yeah. Well, we had left it, you know, if anybody had any thoughts on Abraham being asked by God to sacrifice Isaac. And it seems just such a kind of a strange thing. And morally, you know, anybody reading that, what kind of God would ask for a child sacrifice? And, you know, there's a lot of that's very evocative. Um, and so, and we as could...
1: we were discussing this, I made the point that well, maybe, on one, on the other hand, on one hand here that that this was, in a way, God's instruction to Abraham, because here Abraham is out here with the Hittites and the Perizzites and theseites and thoseites and everybody'sites and. And, you know, they were practicing child sacrifice right, yeah. and maybe this was God's kind of dramatic way to say, no, that's not, that's not, not what, that's not my plan. Right. I don't, I'm not going to call upon you to do that. Right. Uh, so it could be a teaching lesson involved here, but you had something else as well.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I thought, you know, even especially as more of the story goes, there's, you see that. Abraham is the father, and Isaac is his son. And then you see Eleazar kind of playing into it, and sort of a picture of the Holy Spirit going and finding the bride. And there you have this. And I doubt Abraham and Isaac would have seen. Oh, hey, Abraham, you're the father. I'm the son. Eleazar is the Holy Spirit. No, no. So I don't. But years later, it's as if God was thinking of His people, of uh, thinking of you and me today, here, listening, reading. And seeing this sort of drawn out of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the story. And and even in that moment, God, you know, the Father, or well, He's asking the Father to, to sacrifice His Son. But ultimately, He says, no, no, you're not going to have to do that. But then, of course, years later, God the Father does sacrifice His Son. And uh, it's just a, another yeah. sweet way that we see God... At first, kind of asking Abraham to do something that's pretty much, it is, it's impossible. It's heartbreakingly impossible. And God says, no, you don't have to. I'm going to do it. And he does that twice with Abraham. And it's just a sweet, you, you know, he, he's not yeah. ever, ever, ever asking of us to do something that he wouldn't do actually himself. Exactly. In fact, something that's that so we can't even do. <laughs> And that um, he was willing. And that Isaac and Jesus, I mean, Isaac was, was willing yeah. and, and Jesus was, and, was willing.
1: And, and Isaac even asked the question, well, where's the sacrifice? And he said, God will provide oh, a sacrifice. Oh, and
2: doesn't he in Jesus? Yeah, that's, ultimately, ultimately,
1: that's mm-hmm. the sacrifice provided mm-hmm. in the Messiah, the mm-hmm. son. Well, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And that's what introduces something that we probably will mention many, many more times as we move to the Old Testament. The word is type uh, that, that there are types of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. types of Jesus the Messiah there there are pictures that God gives us in the Old Testament narrative there all along the way there will be pictures of of God's work God's plan God's redemptive uh, uh, the redemptive plan that God has for the human race and we'll find different They're called types or examples uh, where we kind of see the picture of God's redemptive plan in advance. And so uh, that's well worth mentioning. Well, now we move from from Isaac as a young person. Now, Um, he has a a wife Mm -hmm. now in in Rebecca. And that's that's a very interesting Mm -hmm. story. We could kind of get lost in some of the details there. Laban remember Laban because we'll meet him again later as well Laban is uh Rebecca's sister a uh, brother and Laban sees money he sees dollar signs everywhere kaching kaching you know he's the in-laws
2: he, yeah, Laban's he,
1: the in-laws he, <laughs> that's funny yeah. but he he see, so remember that about Laban because later on uh Isaac and Rebecca's son Jacob is going to go back up and live with Laban, and Laban is going to Rip him off. Twenty-one years of his life, Laban is going to, uh, uh, yeah, he's going to take advantage of his little nephew, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Jacob, as he comes back, and it's going to be part of God's plan in Jacob's life, Mm -hmm. part of God's preparation of Jacob, uh, calling him to himself and calling him to full mature faith and trust Mm -hmm. in God. It's going to take a lot of years,
2: yeah, and it's also a I mean, in terms of remaining faithful and believing God's promises, you know, you would think, so the, the older is supposed to be serving the younger, but I'm sure while Jacob was serving Laban all those years, he did not feel as if he was serving, or he as if Esau was serving him. In other words, you know, he he knew, I'm sure, of... Of what God's plan was that that Esau was supposed to somehow in the end would would be serving him that he was supposed to be the inheritance he was supposed to be.
1: And, I guess um, so. I guess we can assume that Rebecca maybe told him that. What we do, what we can see is that we do know that Rebecca knew it. Mm-hmm. The, it was revealed to Rebecca even be, before the twins were born. Mm-hmm that the older one is going to serve the younger. Mm-hmm. So she knew it.
0: Yeah.
1: Whether she ever mentioned it to Isaac, we're not told that she did. Uh and Isaac's favorite son was Esau, the older one. Isaac liked Esau was kind of a man's man. He was he liked to go hunting and fishing and he was a kind of a burly guy. Uh, you know, had hair on his chest and he you know that sort of thing. Uh it looks like jacob was a little bit more of a mama's boy that she i mean she was he was her favorite or perhaps she knew the plan of god that yeah. he was to be the pre- predominant one yeah. you know, i don't know but we see them growing up and we see that one thing we'd see there long story short is that esau did not value the birthright mm-hmm. Uh, In terms of spiritual things, in terms of worshiping the true and living God, Esau did not value. He was willing to bargain it away for a a bowl of porridge, you know, a bowl of stew. Uh, He did not. And we know, too, that Esau uh, married the Canaanite women. He he didn't. The Hittite Hittite women, yeah, he he married outside the family, outside the faith, right. and so it, it wasn't a priority to him, and he, and he kind of, kind of blew it off as unimportant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob, on the other hand, did value it, not in a full-blown, mature spiritual way that we know yet. It might have had more to do with uh, the money and the, the the birthright. The one with the birthright, by the way, gets a double inheritance. And the, he becomes the titular head of the family, and so I uh, Jacob did value that.
2: Yeah, well, and he got it by deceit, though. I mean, he, yeah, he did get it by deceit, and that. So it, it's an interesting because.
1: But it was deceit guided by his mother.
2: Yes, deceit guided by his mother, and not now all. Now bring
1: your he son. Come here now. Right. Go out. I heard this. See, she heard. Uh, she heard Isaac ask esau to go get a porridge Mm -hmm. and so she he goes out and go hunting and she tells her son she tells jacob you go do this get this get that bring me two goats i'm gonna make i'm gonna make his favorite porridge so she makes it all up and then and then he has she puts the skins on his arms to and puts on his clothes so that he smells like his brother whatever that means <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> but you see the deception was not entirely jacob yeah. uh he went along with it did what his mama told him to do but so but that's what happens here we have one of those incidences of kind of the messiness of the things and yeah. the way things happened we wonder was well, that well is god truly working through this yeah he did and, and but what i wanted to point out is that we're watching here we need to keep our eye on Jacob now because Jacob is just barely a believer. If he is, <laughs> he's he's just barely, just very selfishly motivated toward God. Because on, he, as he flees from his brother, mm-hmm. after all this takes place, he has to run for his life. And by the way, uh, uh, our 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 former uh, co-host uh, Jacob told me that whenever. They were preparing this porridge of lentils and so on. That was because that was for his grandfather Abraham's death. Okay. They, that was a commemoration of his grandfather Abraham's death that they were mourning. And that's why they were preparing this, this particular dish oh. and so on, which is very interesting. I, that's a, a Jewish perspective on the incident. Okay. But anyway, now then Jacob has to flee his mother says you got to get out of here your your brother <laughs> is mad at you he's even talk about killing you and so go up to uh my brother Laban remember her Laban her go. brother go up to his place and there you can be with him and maybe find a, a wife among those yeah. people and so he does It's
2: sad. I mean it, in a way I mean as far as just the family dynamic it it absolutely I mean it's it's devil it breaks up the family. I uh, Jacob's gone when Isaac actually dies. Uh Esau is is wants to kill him and Rebecca's just kind of you know left there. Um so it it's not without its consequences going and trying to manipulate things um and trying to bring about and help along God's plan. I mean God will absolutely redeem it. He will use it. Jacob i mean it's a big of course part of Jacob's story and it's a big part of how he is yeah. and who on he is on his way up there right. he
1: has we remember that famous story in chapter 28 of Jacob's ladder sure right. he has this picture of God of the angels going up and down this ladder and and he makes this promise to God if you will then Jacob made this promise at the end of chapter 28. Now he's on his way up to Padanamaram up up to Laban. Mm-hmm. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. Mm-hmm. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place of worshiping God. I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. And so now Jacob
2: starting to you no
1: know, that's his beginning yes. if you know you gotta right. it, it, he's bargaining with if you'll make me rich if you'll take care of me if you'll uh, it, it's an interesting you know he, we, he starts off with just barely good motives <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's he's doing what his mommy tells him to do he's fleeing from his brother you know he's in fear he has it and so god is in his consciousness he's in his awareness but just kind of barely and on a very selfish terms. Mm-hmm. So then he goes up to Padamaram, and there uh, Jacob is going to get his theological degree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's going to learn about God. He's going to come to worship God fully and yeah. totally. He marries. He goes up. He starts working for his uncle Laban. Laban takes advantage. Now, Jacob has been known as a deceiver. You know, he's... his. He's the heel catcher, you know, his name, you know. Well, Laban truly is a deceiver. And and he deceives Jacob. Jacob goes to, he falls in love with, with Rachel, mm-hmm. uh, Laban's uh, daughter. Daughter, uh-huh. And he falls in love with her. He wants to marry her. And so Laban says, you can work seven years and you can marry her. So he works seven years and all of a sudden, he gets this woman in his tent. You know, now how this happened, I don't get. Uh, he he, uh, I guess he believed truth in advertising or something. I don't know, but he uh, he's in. He, he this woman comes into his tent. He's to marry her, and it turns out in the morning he finds out it's not Rachel at all. It's
0: like it's
1: him. it's Rachel's less attractive sister Leah, <laughs> which I mean, at least to him. He, you know. And so he's deceived into marrying because in our culture the the older sister has to marry first we can't you know so jacob goes along with that and he, now he has to work 7 more years mm-hmm. to earn the right to marry the one he loves rachel uh, and so he works 7 more years and marries rachel and then uh they getting this the two wives Rachel and Leah get in this competition to see who can have the most children. Mm-hmm. So Leah has children. Now, you got all of this mapped out, right? I did. Who I has was, who and I, who.
2: I did because it is so <coughs> interesting. I mean, when you do think about just dynamics and, I, I mean, here, I mean, two wives, uh, they're sisters, and and then 12 kids uh one you know jacob and uh and it's just so messy (laughs) i uh, um, and and even of the 12 tribes not all of them are only leah and rachel's they bring in uh their handmaids and so it's actually four different women uh four different mothers to these 12 kids
1: i i think there are only 10 kids are there actually 12 have you counted them
2: uh, yes, they're 12. <laughs> Let's see. One. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. Four. And those are the first four from Leah. Uh-huh. And then Rachel. Rachel's upset. She's sad. She doesn't have any. So she brings in her handmaid. Uh, and so Jacob. Bilhah. Bilhah. And so Rachel's handmaid. So Bilhah and uh, Jacob have Dan and Naphtali. Uh,
1: okay. Dan and Naphtali. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: Naphtali. Naphtali. And then Leah uh, brings in her handmaid, Zilpa, and <laughs> Jacob's Going to the like, bench, "Okay." Folks. <laughs> and Jacob's like, "Okay, I guess." Jacob just doesn't have any. Yeah, kind
1: of does what he's told to do.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and has Gad and Asher. Okay, so and that's that's uh, nine. At, uh, nine, and then Leah comes back in the picture, and they have Issachar and Zebulun, and Dinah, the only girl. So many that's ten, and, and then, then Rachel have, have Joseph and Benjamin, and uh-huh. that's
1: twelve.
2: Yeah, okay. so four women.
1: Because later on Joseph has Manasseh and Ephraim. Okay, and they become two. So I've never kind of quite get straight who's who's the, the actual the twelve we got here, right, you know? Right. But right. okay, so but you see the messiness of it, folks. Um, d- Jacob has these twelve. Sons Mm -hmm. and one daughter, and she comes into the picture. Dinah comes into this later on because we're going to read about another story about the one sister in the whole group. Um, But this long story about these two sisters and their competition to have. uh, Now, we're not told, but somewhere, we wonder if somewhere in here Jacob didn't tell his wives. Rachel and Leah, and if he doesn't tell his sons and the other, do they talk about God? Mm -hmm. Do they know about this covenant relationship that God with Abraham and now with Isaac and now with Jacob? Mm -hmm. Do do they ever hear about that? Is is God a part of any of this decision making? Is he a part of any of this, these women wanting to have these sons? And we don't know. We're not told particularly what their motivation is. Right. Uh,
2: uh, we do know, though, that, that that Laban was not a a god follower. That he had idols, and didn't, yeah, mm-hmm. at the very least, the daughters don't really respect the idols very much. I mean, they steal them and then sit on them, uh-huh. and so there's at least a. I mean, for it, there's there's they. Well, you you're getting uh,
1: ahead of what we... Now we're saying Jacob, after these 14 years yeah. and these two two wives he has now, mm-hmm. then he works seven more years for Laban, and that's when he builds up his own private herds and his own private fortunes. Right. And then they decide they want to leave. Mm-hmm. And Laban doesn't want them to because... You know,
2: Jacob's made him
1: wealthy. He's kind of a cash cow yeah. for Laban. Laban's prospering off of him. Mm-hmm. But they leave anyway. Jacob flees from Laban in chapter 31. And they steal uh, a, a an idol, mm-hmm. one of these idols mm-hmm. that, that that Laban has. Uh, Rachel takes it. And they get on up. And then finally, Jacob makes a treaty with Laban. Laban comes after him. Mm-hmm. Kind of pictures of Pharaoh going after Moses That's, and them. But yeah. he, if Laban comes after him. He catches them, and they can't find the, uh, the stolen idols. But anyway, they make a deal. Jacob makes a treaty with Laban and goes ahead. And then now, after finally getting out from under Laban's thumb, Jacob knows he has to meet his brother Esau. Yeah. Um, so Jacob now is facing his crisis. He's going to go up. He's going to meet his brother his brother, the last time, he saw, last time he saw his brother, 14 years or 21 years earlier, his brother wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. And so now he's, so Jake, he has his famous dream and vision of wrestling with God. I love that. And his name is changed now from Jacob, yeah. deceiver, to Israel, mm-hmm. who has wrestled with God and won. Mm-hmm. And so he comes to full faith in God. Mm-hmm. And then Jacob and Esau make peace in chapter 32, they meet. Esau evidently has forgiven him. They things go well between the brothers, and they separate. Uh, Esau goes one direction. Jacob says, "I'll catch you later." <laughs> and then they run into this situation in Shechem in chapter 34, where Dinah, the sister, yeah. gets yeah. violated by Shechem, the the prince of this this people group there they find, mm-hmm. and they go in and they kill all the men mm-hmm. uh, under religious kind of picture. They say, you all have to be circumcised, and then you can intermarry. So they all get circumcised, Seven. and then while they're all sore and can't move, the men, I know, I know, Stacy. it just, <laughs> it just, and then they go through and they slaughter all the men of the village. And for, for the violation of their sister. Yeah. And so that's real, real where quickly, we get it. Yeah. That's where we came to and we finish in, in chapter 36. Yeah, Jacob quickly. returns to Bethel. Uh, Rachel and Isaac die. And now we have Jacob leading the, his family, his sons. And we're going to move on in now from Jacob to the story of this son named Joseph. And we're going to find out how in the world did the people of Israel, Jacob's name now is Israel. How did they wind up down in Egypt? And we're going to learn all about that. It's coming week in our readings. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Starting tomorrow night, folks, go to thebiblelive.com. You can tune in. uh, Hear every night's reading. We're going to read chapters from chapter 36 forward. Uh, We'll find out how they end up in Egypt. Uh, How things go. And we'll discuss it all again next Sunday night. You join with us and we'll talk about those chapters coming up. We'll finish the book of uh, Genesis and go into Exodus this week.
2: Wonderful. All right. Y'all have a good night. I was going to say, well, I don't know. We have time. Y'all have a good night. We'll catch you. We'll we'll make that point next week. See you you next Sunday. (laughs) Helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas,
1: 78218.
0: Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the, the Bible, Bible Live, Quiz Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast.
2: You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.